Hey, this is Matt Irwin, and you're listening to Music City Gold on Penalty Box Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Music City Gold. I'm Kyle, your host. With me to my left, you can't see them, but you can definitely hear them, is Daniel and Matt. Hello. Hey, guys. Like that, Matt? Oh, yeah. So, guys, this is our 20th episode. Congratulations. 20 in, baby. And it seems like we just started yesterday. In fact, as I was getting the notes ready for this show today, I was reflecting the fact that it was like, wow, this is episode 20. It does not seem like we've only done 20 episodes for this season. Yeah, I know. It's been a fun ride so far. Uh, we're just enjoying every episode, and man, what's what's not the love? You get to get together and talk about hockey with your best friends, so we'll see uh, what other awesome surprises we have for the audience in the coming weeks, because we have a couple things cooking that we can't talk about right now, but we're working on it. So, But one thing we can talk about are the stickers. So if you follow us on Twitter, you've probably seen I've been advertising the Music City Gold stickers through the uh, Music City Gold Twitter account. And we've still got a bunch left, so if you'd like some, just DM us on the account with your name and address, and I'll get you a couple out to you. We will hook you up. It's free. Free swag. So yeah, free swag. Free stuff. In fact, we've got one listener by the name of Matt who's all the way in California. Yeah, I know. We're sending stickers to California right now. It's awesome. And i got a request to send one to Fort Knox. Fort freaking well, Knox. Fort Knox. I wonder what the story on those people are. I don't know, but there's no gold in Fort Knox. But <laughs> but if there was, that's a perfect place for a bumper sticker to go. Nice. Boom. I and speaking of bumper see, stickers. See, <laughs> you see what we did. Did you hear the news, Matt? News? This weekend. I traded my car in. I, I heard that, he, indeed. He is uh, officially a grown-up now and not having a midlife, midlife crisis. So uh, tell us what happened here, Kyle. Well, I've had a 350Z for about six years. Bought it at 95,000 miles. It was already 10 years old at the time. Became my daily driver. And in the course of six years, I almost put 300,000 miles on it. That thing was limping into the finish line. It's so. a great car, but downtown national traffic, stop and go in a stick shift. Stick sucks. shift, yep. Two doors. You got uh, less gas mileage, too. I'm not going to knock the two-door. I, I do personally love a two-door car, but... um. It's it's difficult when you have friends that want to ride with you. You know, um, what it, what does the three fifty Z have? Does it even have buckets? Nope, nothing. So it's just straight up two. The Infinity G thirty seven does, but not the Z. Yeah. Didn't you, you test drive a G thirty seven? I did. I love those too. It was I love a that very nice ride, but it was too much like the Z, and the temptation was there to buy it because I could afford it. I was like, you know what? No. And as I told the guy at the dealership, he said, "Why are you looking to get a new car?" I said, "Well." When you try to go put a microwave in your car and it doesn't fit and you have to call your dad and say, hey, can you bring your truck over or can I come get your truck and pick up my microwave because it literally won't fit in the Z? That's when it's you like, know. you need a new car. Yeah. So I traded in for a Hyundai Sonata. Which is a very solid and reliable car and not to mention your gas mileage just went <laughs> through the yeah. roof. I was telling Daniel before we uh, started recording a few minutes ago, that the gas mileage of my Z was about 400 miles, but that was if I'm on the highway constantly. Filled the snot up this morning, 500 miles. Minimum. Minimum. So It's like, wow. You're going to be saving money, Kyle. So We're still waiting on Matt to get a car. I, I was the first one that fold and have to get a new car, and I think in the span of almost a year, we will all get a new car yeah. eventually. So it's, it's just almost hilarious that it all tumbled at the same time because we were all driving pieces of junk for for the longest time yeah i miss my honda occasionally but man i like my maxima because it was actually styled after the g37 really yes it's got the same rounded back and the same rounded sides before they did a, another major model change which i did not like i actually do not i don't prefer like i don't prefer the new maximas i prefer my model because it resembled yeah. more of the infinity body style uh, well i will say also that the car is black which is a great color to have of course it shows all the dirt oh yeah and it's weird cause it's got paddle shifters I'm like, what the Ooh, heck is that? Paddle shifts are fun. So. Yeah, I had a rich friend one time told me that she learned how to drive a stick shift. And I said, what did you learn on? She goes, paddle shifters. And I was like, no, nope, uh, yeah. not okay. the same. Yeah, I'm driving around in my Lambo with my paddle shifter. Not the same. 
So, well, good for you, Kyle. You're officially a grown up now, and you got out of your midlife crisis stage. Now you just need a you know a girlfriend and a family. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got my dog. It's okay. <laughs> we're we're gonna get you there. But the car was the first step. Got the house. He's got a house. Traded the car, car in. Car, master's degree. Man, I'm just giving giving the ladies a pitch right now. Loves hockey. I love hockey, way. yep. <laughs> We're actually getting a new CIO at work. And one of the things they talked about was he was an avid hockey fan. And he's from New Jersey. Perfect. So I was like, hmm. You're in. A Devils fan. I can bother. Yep. Nice. But speaking of Devils and I guess hockey around the league, did you catch what happened last night? What happened, Kyle? Mr. Alex Ovechkin netted goal number 600. Oh, yeah. You weren't going to let that one slide. This was was already going on our Twitter account. I was at a music practice for those listening on our or tuning in on our Twitter. And I knew Kyle. I knew Kyle was watching this game because, one, it was against the Jets. So, yes, important for the Preds. It's relevant. We need to be paying attention because every loss gets us that closer, you know, one step closer to clinching the division. But. With Alex Ovechkin closing in on 600 goals, I knew that this man right here was wearing his capital shirt <laughs> and live streaming it or and or slash watching it on Streamcast. So go Definitely ahead. Was. I know you have a huge... I'm looking at this big infographic. Go ahead. It's a really nice graphic. So it says, Alex Ovechkin's the road to 600 goals. He is a 20th player to score 600 goals. He is the fourth player to score 600 goals in fewer than 1,000 games. He got it in 990 games. Next was Brett Hull at 900, Mario Lemieux at 719, and then Wayne Gretzky at 718. All great company to join, oh, by yeah. the way. I was looking at it, and it's almost crazy. So, Ovi has this year, and then one, two, three, four more years left on his contract. If he averages 40 goals a year, which he has been, He's going to be up there with most goals all time. Like, it's going to be close. It'll depend on his injury and uh, obviously how well he can stay healthy. You're talking top five goal scorer all time, maybe even top three. That is an impressive feat. And especially in today's game where it is highly competitive. The disparity is not you have one guy wrecking everybody. I'm not downing what Gretzky did, but... I mean, it is very impressive to have average 40 goals a year. The stat that kind of ties them together right now in that category, Gretzky, Lemieux, and Hall, is that it's how many games it takes to get to that mark. Now, maybe Gretzky could play longer, or maybe Ovechkin could play longer in even some of the other categories out, but this is the one it was in least amount of time to get there. Looking at it, Gretzky played 1,487 games and racked up 894. Gordie Howe played... 300 more games and had almost 100 less. Yeah. that's. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. But if you're looking at Alex Ovechkin right now, he's only played 990. So he's doing very well, and he's on pace. Look, look at, okay, so look at all the other uh, company that he's in right here. Joe, he's approaching Joe Sackick, which took him 1,378 games to get 625. Ovi's going to be close to that by the end of the year in the playoffs. That's that's nuts. Um he might hit maybe, you know, 5 to 10 more goals this year. Uh, you're you're talking elite company with minimal. Um now obviously um if you look at uh, Mario Lemieux, oh man, Mario Lemieux, he had 915 games played with 690. Yeah. Way less, way more goals. Like you said, and he's not even really tapering off. He he leads the league in goals at 42. So it's not like he's in his downward slope like no. Yager. No. He's still hitting net prime numbers. And he still has four years on his contract. And then more than likely an extension after that for probably oh, yeah. two, two to three years. So depending on how well he can sustain that and the injury bug, yes, he could hit he could hit the 800 club, which is nuts. That is nuts to me. Four years, he averages another 40 a year. You're attacking on another 160 on the 600. He's that close. He, You extend a contract for two to three more years, he's in the 800 club. Speaking of Gretzky, actually on the same night, here comes another big stat. On the same night, yep. Patrick Laine becomes third all-time in points by a teenager passing Wayne Gretzky. 77. 77. Nuts. 
He has been scored on more a goals tear. as a teenager than Gretzky. That is freaking impressive. I will tell you this: I want to know what Amish community he came from that has an ice rink that good. I mean, they have fine wooden carvings and goods and delicious baked items, but man, he can play hockey. I mean, he's got a nasty shot. I don't know really if everyone saw this coming when they drafted him. I guess they expected him to be really good, but probably not this good. I think they've surrounded him with the right people too to enable him to be that good. So we'll see. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see his career, but man, uh, you talk about a paycheck once once that rookie contract expires. And he's going to get paid. And since we're talking about milestones, there was also another milestone that was hit last night too. Mark andre Fleury picked up his 400th win. That's right. Another insanely impressive stat for goaltenders this year. I mean, we've had several milestones. There's Pekka, been a bunch. Pekka was one of the larger ones with the shutouts and the wins. He hit both. Um, I think, actually, as Pekka keeps winning, he's going to climb up the ladder, and I think he's working up to a Kippersoft level as far as uh, greatest finished goaltender of all time, which is <laughs> that that is uh, some great company to be in there. So, uh, yeah, I'm – Super excited for all these goalies setting all these records this year because these are like really well-deserved achievements for really great goaltenders. I mean, you're talking Flurry, Pekka. Um, I'm trying to think some of the other achievements that off the top of my head, but incredible. Yeah, some of those milestones have certainly been getting up there, but one milestone that stopped the other night was Taylor Hall's point streak ended at 26 games against the Jets. Still don't understand the trade. Still don't understand the trade. Are the Oilers in a different place if they don't trade him? Some yeah. Somebody said the other day that uh, yeah, Milan Lucic is had scored his first goal in uh, I was gonna say his country. He scored his first goal in like 26 games or something, and they're making like the same amount of money between him and Taylor Hall. And yeah, if the, if uh, the Oilers hadn't traded him, then you know who knows what kind of position they'd be in now. That's hindsight, obviously, but man, did not work out. The trade is not equal on any level. And the fact that he has just been on a tear, too, with arguably almost less talent surrounding him, I don't know. Maybe he just needed to have the spotlight for a bit. He definitely is driving the Devils to their playoff spot. Without him, I have a feeling that the Oilers might be in a different spot and the Devils could be in the basement this year. Well... One interesting thing about that stat, that 26-game point streak, that is more than the precious one, Sidney Crosby's <laughs> highest streak. My Don't was... say that. You will uh, you will <laughs> attract Penguin fans to our Twitter account and to our podcast, and they will give us so much crap. Got to goose the uh, ratings with a little bit of controversy. Oh, I already got it from the Penguins fans when I posted that RV contract, when I yeah. compared Arvidsson to uh, uh, Sidney, the great one, and how he was making way more money than RV, and we had more goals. And ironically enough, RV has another goal tonight, a shorty against the Jets, which they currently lead three to zero. So we'll continue to update you. Ironically enough, we recorded last while watching the Jets, so it must be a thing. We got to keep it up. It's been a stupid game so far. We were driving on the way here, and so I was listening to on the radio. Daniel was at the gym. Yeah, and it was crazy just driving. Two shorthanded goals. In a minute, that's improbable. <laughs> I mean, very yeah. improbable. I, I don't know if I've actually seen that in a I've long have. time, or I can. I don't remember that ever happening for us or any other team. But also, by the way, you talk about bang for your buck. Uh, line A right now, nine hundred twenty-five thousand dollar contract. Oh wow! <laughs> bang <Really>? for your <laughs> buck. <laughs> I mean, wow. granted, once that's up, once his rookie contract, he's getting up, paid. He's getting paid. <laughs> He'll be uh, ten mil north. I mean, it's it's gonna be great, great fat payday for him. But yeah, nine hundred twenty-five thousand. Not a bad deal right now for the Jets. Y'all just milk that while you can. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Because as soon as that's up, y'all gonna have to be restructuring oh, to yeah. keep him. Or somebody's gonna look. Hey, Lining, come play for us. We've got the money. Yeah. He's going to be a hot commodity once his uh, once his contract expires. So. You know, I'm, I'm just thinking about it now. The fact that the Blackhawks are, of course, statistically and physically out of the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up trying to trade something. For uh, well, I mean, there. let's see. His contract goes through. He's going to be a restricted free agent in the 1920 season. So they'd have to kind of like prepare ahead 
if they were wanting to make a move on line A. But I guarantee you teams are looking at him now and, and they're eyeballing that cap space for <laughs> for uh, the future. And we're talking about prospects. You know who a player of on the Preds, of course, are Iron is Tolvin. Oh, He's man. He's killed him over in the KHL. Oh, man. Five, five games, five goals in the playoffs right now, and they've been nasty. I, I'm so excited. I don't want them to win, <laughs> but I want them to do good, you know? So it's like, I don't know. It's a love-hate relationship watching him right now. See, this is why you can't be devoted to just one team because there's so much hockey goodness. You've got to have a you little bit over here. We're all, the way over in, here. we're all the way in Helsinki, Finland, That's right. giving you coverage right now. I got my... My uh, Joker gear in. I've been rocking that around town. It is awesome. So I cannot wait for him to come over. But you talk about a boost, too. I mean, he'll have a rookie contract as well. And we'll have him for three years, arguably probably under a million again. So absolutely incredible. I cannot wait. His wrist shot on the goalie the other night, if you haven't seen it, just please look it up because the goalie was just baffled that it actually went in because he had basically perfect positioning as we were arguing earlier in a group text um, about goalie positioning. But, man, I cannot wait for Tolan to join the team. Cannot wait. Where is he going to go? Who knows? It, we're so deep right now. It's just insane. I would say probably top nine. He's not going that fourth line? No. But no, there's, no, no, at, there's no, no way he's going no. to the there's no way he's going to the first line. You can't break up the chemistry of the first line. Hey, you had what's his face <laughs> on the first line the other night? Oh, Hartman? Yeah, you gave him first line material, but he's he's played a little bit of first line with Patrick Kane too. So hey, since we've had him, two goals, two assists. And what Boy, about that first well. line chemistry, Kyle? I can't break that up. Hey, that wasn't my call. That was the coach's call. Oh, of course, thank he, you. Did, he didn't consult me for that. <laughs> wow, <laughs> newsflash: Kyle is not consulted for you didn't line get a decisions. Consulting fee for that. But that's a good segue into the Preds, guys. They're doing fantastic right now. In uh, fact, that's that's, <laughs> that's an understatement. <laughs> I'm actually shocked. But you know what's funny? Post All-Star break, there's like a switch that flips on the Predators. And that's not just been this year. That's been the last three years in particular. It, it's like it, they know it's come. It's it's about to come in the playoffs. They know it's stretch time. You know, it, let's wind down. Let's kick it in. Let's get some points. It, it's almost insane. It's when things get serious. It, we get serious in a heartbeat because, I mean, 10-game win streak. I was trying to put that in perspective for people. That is 11% of the entire games played in a season. You just won straight in hockey, which is not easy. Not easy at all. If you're If you're above a 700 win percentage, you're doing really well. You're making the playoffs with a 700 win percentage. You just won... Like, 11% of your game straight. We finally got that broken the other night in the shootout with um, with the Devils, which I thought UC played uh, an incredible game. I mean, he actually had the first three stops in the shootout, so you got to have some support from your shooters. So probably should have won that game. We hit the post six times, by the way. I was there. It was a heartbreaker. Post-traumatic stress. I mean, it was it was bad. But you got to have a little – Brian Boyle is the one who scored the game winner. I always got a heart out for him. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was a great game to go to for sure. Even though you got a loss, you still got a point and ended the streak. Sure, but well, we were actually losing. We weren't going to get a point. We pulled the goaltender right, right, right. again, and Johansson gets a goal. With like a minute left. That's the second time he's done that yeah. this year, where he has um, a clutch goal, and once again he is posted right in front of the net, right off to the let, gets the gets the rebound, shoots it in. I bet that place was coming apart though. Oh my gosh, at the seams. Oh, it was the- it was crazy. And when he got that tie, it happened so fast. I looked over at the person I was with me and I said, "Did that go in?" Yeah, I mean, it was it was really quick. So, so you're talking about the fact that we was on that ten game win streak. So here's the scores that we've posted for that illustrious now franchise high streak. We started it off against Ottawa on February 19th. We won five to two. Went to Detroit, won three to two. Went to San Jose. Kicked them in the teeth, seven to one. God, what a game! Too if if anyone did not see that game and it's somewhere online, go watch it because it was. I think we said in the last game, passing clinic, absolutely razzle dazzle everywhere. So, and speaking of which, the Jets just got a goal. Yeah, power play again. By the way, we've given them like five power plays. So yeah, you're gonna score a goal if you give the Jets five power plays. Well, I think the refs have had some hand into it because they've been very generous with the Jets power plays tonight. Uh, it's been hit and miss, but uh, you got to play more discipline like that against the Jets. You know they're 
one of the best power play teams in the league. I think they're second in the league right now. You can't give them goals. So it's ba- it's bound to happen. You're just going to shoot yourself in the foot. But we need to buckle down now because that's a huge goal to start the third. So Especially for a divisional game. And speaking of divisional games, after San Jose, we went to St. Louis. Well, they came to us and we beat them 4-0. to which was a great game. That was after they got beat 4-0 to previously, and the wheels fell off, and yeah. then it was time to trade. And they actually, ironically, shipped Paul Stastny up to the Jets. To the Jets. Who we then went to and beat 6-5. to Then we go to Edmonton, where we go and see old teammate Pontus Auberg, <laughs> and beat them 4-2. to Went to Vancouver, beat them 4-3. to Went down to Colorado, beat them 4-3. to Uh... Overtime thriller, by the way, which I still don't understand what the goaltender was doing in overtime. If anyone can figure that out, please, please let us know because he was literally standing up when Forsberg just shot. I, I don't know if he thought he was going to pass it. I, I, I don't know. know. I, I really don't know what was going through his mind, but he was literally standing up. But so. I'm okay with that. You know oh, what? no. Uh, we yeah. got the win. Yeah. We'll take good, it. Good, good one, coach. <laughs> question is, though. Matt, how did you feel about that? Because you're all about goalie positioning. Oh, yeah. I've got some big opinions on goalie positioning. <laughs> yeah. But, Matt, he was in the crease up against the post, but he wasn't even – Yeah, he wasn't in the ready position. He wasn't even down. Either. I don't even know what – I don't know. Who will know, but we <laughs> we come out with the win. So, And then Dallas decided they want to come to town, and we shut them out 2-0. Then we get one of our all-time favorite opponents, the Anaheim Ducks. Oh, in. yeah. Ryan Kessler versus Joe Hansen. It's the the war of the minds. I love how they just know what to do to get under the other person's skin and just like it's just it's bound to happen now. It is like a great matchup that you just want to see. I I mean it lived up to the hype again. You know what? I am totally fine with them saying this is not a hockey game. Here, you all get gloves. Here's a rink. Get out and fight. Deck it out. It's like the old saying, you know, one time I showed up to a fight and a hockey game broke out. That's kind of what we were hoping for tonight, too. It got a little chippy, but it wasn't as bad as fight night, the original, where we had 11 people in the box. But it was still a great game. Another 4-2 victory. They um, they had the ceremony for David Poyle as well, which was very well done, I thought. 1,320 Um, wins. Yeah, I mean that's an absolutely stupid high number. If you think about that, thirteen hundred and twenty wins. So not only are you in the league that long to to be a GM over that many games, but you're winning that many. I, I mean, it's an impressive feat. The fact that he chose Nashville over Toronto, where he had a lot of family ties. I mean, father won a cup there. Um, he basically wanted to come to Nashville to start his own legacy and basically start fresh. I mean, he could build the team how he wanted to and build the culture how he wanted to. We did not know hockey in Nashville. Let's be honest. If you're having to put the actual rules on the scoreboard, pretty rough starting off fresh in a non-traditional hockey town. But he built us up, does what he does with the best. He... Uh, he also only had like four co- four or five coaches during the 1,320 wins. That's insane to me to think about that. So not only is he good at finding the right person, but he knows that he can stick with them and get them through. He, he fully trusts the people that he picks, and then he surrounds them with the people needed to win. And we've seen that. Uh, man, the gutsy trades too. He's, uh, I'm not He's gonna made lie. tons of them. These gutsy trades here recently, a lot of GMs would not have done it. I mean, in the past several years, you're talking Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson, Shea Weber for PK. PK. You got the tourist trade. I mean, it just it, it's insane what he's willing to do. And other people might, you know, question or shy away from doing such a big trade where he's willing to do what's necessary to build the team up to try to get to the championship level, and he has consistently done that. And every year you've kind of seen the Predators get a little better, get a little bit. It's not been leaps and bounds. You know, we're not blowing the cap out. We're doing everything right. we got the farm system going just a little better, chipping away, chipping away. And then last year was like finally the year where people were like, oh, wow, the team's actually good. <laughs> like, like they're actually good. We're finally on the scene. So it's it's been an absolute amazing process, but that whole ceremony was awesome. They had the former captain. They had great um, 
I mean, presentations for him, and I think he had a silver plaque. I think he had like three gifts. It was insane. Um, Batman got booed. I mean, <laughs> and I like what he said. He said, yeah. "I will gladly get booed for you, David Poyle, for what Nashville has become." Oh yeah, with the amount of money he's made for the league <laughs> with Nashville, don't worry. Uh, Batman's perfectly fine with that. But uh, now here's an interesting question for you. It just hit me. Say Batman retires or quits. Do you think Poyle could become a NFL, oh, or NHL commissioner. I don't know. He's been commissioner for so long. I've seen pictures of when he started when he was look. He looked way younger. <laughs> yeah. I'm like wow. Yeah, I mean, I don't see that happening anytime in the foreseeable future. But if Bettman did step down, I think he's younger than Poyle, though. I think that's one thing. So it, it'd be interesting. I think Poyle would be obviously one of the front runners for that, um, just with how long he's been in the league. So. And I will say, since we're talking about expansion markets, Seattle pretty much sold out of their season tickets for their initial that. offering. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Seattle's a great sports town. They they love their football. They love their soccer. I mean, they are very passionate fans, so that's going to be an excellent city for uh, a hockey team. Uh, I'm just interested in uh, what the actual name is going to be. So we'll I still see. want the Kraken. I want the Kraken, but if we get sockeye salmons and totems and uh, i don't know how i feel about that so and i will say since we do know for a fact that it's probably going to be a thing i think we can safely start talking about down the road what team is going to the central because you know seattle's going to be pacific they've got no place to go so you're going to have to move a team to the central eventually and i would say it's going to probably be arizona (laughs) good luck arizona if you're wanting to rebuild Man, it's gonna be hunting brutal. for the scraps in there. Yeah, for sure. it'll be brutal if you thought that. If you thought you were bad in the Pacific, just wait, because let me tell you, this year the Central Division is legit. How tough is the Central Division? You might say. Well, Pittsburgh has forty-eight points, and they lead the Metro. Dallas has eighty-two points, and they are in a wild card spot. And that was as a couple days ago. Wow, it's it's dumb. It is absolutely dumb. I mean, basically every team except Chicago is a playoff contender in the Central right now. And that's that's crazy to think about it. More than likely we could send five, you know, five teams. Uh it'll depend on how well the Kings and, and you know some of the other Pacific stragglers will do towards the stretch here. Um but man, it's it's been incredible. It's been incredible to watch. Great Central Division hockey. Basically all playoff matchups, and we got a playoff matchup tonight. I mean, it's it's just great hockey coming in the stretch. Uh, I can't wait for the playoffs. And since we're talking about playoff hockey, let's talk about those Preds for a second. Now, we just went over the 10 games that they won. Tear. Absolute tear. 11-game point streak. Now, we'll say what player has shined to you the most during this 10-game streak. Hmm. Uh, are we talking about, like, you know, maybe a goaltender? That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> it's a setup. <laughs> it's, a, it's a trap, Matt. It's a trap. Because it seems like every time the Preds play, more and more people will become convinced that Rene is a Vesna-worthy finalist. He's a finalist, all right. Matt can't deny it now. Well, it's like I, I get into an argument on this on Twitter just about every day, but yeah. How many of those arguments do you purposely go out and start, oh, though? Oh, he, he does it on purpose now. You gotta love a little bit of controversy there. Real, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of growing on him though. Real quick though, Matt, before we get into your argument, how many shutouts does Rene have so far? Uh, one below career wise. Let, let me Google it. Oh, career? I don't know. Fifty. That's impressive. That's a career accolade though. I don't care about career stats. And fifty starts this season. How many wins does he have? That's Look, one. He's one below phone. Vasilevsky. Thirty-seven. Right? Thirty-seven. Yeah. If he, wins, if he wins tonight, he'll get 38. He's got the second most wins in the first 50 starts of any active goaltender in the NHL. In the NHL, yeah. I mean, that that's impressive. And he's only four wins behind his all-time win high of 41 in the 2014-2015 season. Okay, but this is the most impressive thing, Matt. In the last 20 games, he's 18-1-1. That's quite <laughs> I mean, even Matt had to smile on that one. 18-1-1. Do you know how many losses he has the entire Nine losses the entire season. I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. Like I said, <laughs> he's growing on me. Somebody he's made the point. I was I was chatting with some uh, Tampa Bay guys on, 
on Twitter, and they were I was kind of pulling down Vasilevsky a little bit, and and uh, he was making some argument points, and I said, well, you know, I actually based on your argument points, not for Vasilevsky, but I'll actually use his argument for Rene is that oh, some man. of the stats that I was taking when you look at save percentage category and goals against he's uh well currently Rene is fourth in save percentage and he is seventh in goals against if you look at some of the other people in these categories as far as Vesna candidates I don't think I'm not a fanboy I don't think that whenever it came out a couple of weeks ago that Vasilevsky was like the runaway leader in Vesna I'm I'm a I'm gonna pass on it I'm a I'm a seller on that he was they polled like NHL oh, staff know. and he was leaps and bounds it was like 97 percent voted for for Vasilevsky and then uh, it was Rene and Hellebrook at like 45 and 40 it was something ridiculous I just don't low. know why it's such a runaway margin because when you look at Vasilevsky he is eighth in save percentage and thirteenth in goals against. So how can you say he's the runaway leader? Yeah, yeah. he's got more wins because Tampa Bay as a team they score butt. like five goals a game. Yeah, how, what's their goals a game? Do you happen to know Tampa Bay's goals per game average? Because I, I mean, if your if your team is scoring five goals a game and you're only letting in three, well, no dip, you're winning. I, I mean, it's just that's part of it. Like. <laughs> it's it's all a plus minus goal differential um, stat, but I, I know some people look at the wins, some people look at the save percentage. I think it needs to be a compilation of like all the like. Normally, people put two. They, it's almost like they pick and choose two of them. They're yeah. like save percentage and goals against. Well, that's two I'm going to pick, and then others are like, well, then let's pick. Uh, you know, wins and and high danger shot. You know, it, it's it's very interesting to see all the different arguments. But I think overall, collectively, if you put all the stats together, I think right now, in my opinion, Pekka is probably in front. Well, see, when you take some of those other stats, you take like um, high danger scoring chance percentage, and this is what Chris Mason was making a point. He said that Rene is one of the largest, is one of the leaders in that category. But I said, well, then why is the save percentage? A couple spots down. I said, if he's so good in this category, but down in other categories, that means he's actually letting in goals off of weaker chances than high danger chances. So that actually doesn't help the case to say that he's actually as good as you say he is. But then again, when you're looking at these <laughs> both categories, you've got more things to think about. Like I said, the shutouts, eh, it could be a team effort. The uh, the wins, a team effort for sure. But these two categories, I'll take. I'll tell you what. I'll take Carter Hutton out of those categories because he le- he currently leads the league in save percentage yes, goals against. But he but, hasn't played enough of a sample size to warrant, in my opinion. Uh, he's played. He's played a pretty good amount. But I mean, he's still he he's still a backup goalie. He's played like I don't know the number off the top of my head, but more than I looked at it. He's but, played more like a starting goalie this season for the Blues than Jake well, Allen. Well, he had has. to. Jake he had Allen's. to because Jake Allen was sucking. So oh, yeah. he had to come in clutch for the Blues. Jake Allen's 38th in save percentage. Get you some of that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I put him on there just for giggles. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I'll take him off the list just because he's a backup. And I'll take I'll take Corey Crawford off the list because the Blackhawks are garbage. So they're not going to give the Vesna to a, to a team who who's garbage. So kind of like how they won't give the the heart trophy to a guy whose team like isn't very good. But do you think that's fair? Um, I've heard some talk about that. Because yeah, it's kind of controversial. It's like you know, those trophies are supposed to be seasonal awards. Yeah. A lot of people treat them as team awards when they're not really. Team they're awards seasonal or awards. lifetime achievement awards. Yeah. I mean, uh, you had this argument too when we were talking about this probably a month or so ago when Pekka was starting to get into the running of. The Vesna. We were talking about Braden Holtby or something. But what, like the, the he's not been so hot this year. No, 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 no. no. He hasn't. Been. I was trying to give you the argument from several years ago when he did win the Vesna and he still wasn't leading in no. all none of the stats. But you know which one was way high wins because yeah. the Capitals, the Capitals were, were crushing. They were like President's was, Trophy. Yeah, winner. they were dumping on people. I can't remember their goal differential that year, but it was stupid, absolutely stupid. But guess what? Second round exit. You know, that's what they get every year. But that said, that was your argument. You're like, well, he was really hot those like couple years, and people look at that as well. And it's like, what does actually factor in? Because you did say, oh man, well he was a really good goalie for that that stretch of two to three years. And it's like, is it a one time snip year, 
or are you taking a snapshot of the goalies last three years? It's oh, it's almost interesting. In my opinion, it should be the year only. Yeah, it needs to be that way. And they're so finicky anyway. You look at great goalies in the past, just like Holtby, and this year, garbage. Jake Allen, garbage. Lundqvist, I mean, a little farther down than what it usually is. So you can't make it over a two- or three-year span because goalies, some of them aren't that consistent. Do you know what I – yep, you just hit it. My favorite thing is consistency in a goaltender. You don't need to be stupid hot, like where you go on a crazy streak and you're just you know having 10 shutouts in a row, and then the next 10 you've tanked and got you know 20 goals scored. <laughs> it's Goaltenders are like that, though. They are very fickle beings. Um, oh, yeah. But that said, you have to give it to Peck as far as the consistency, one, in his career, and two, this year. He has been very consistent. Numbers might not be, like, off the chart. He's got great numbers, though, now, coming up. That's the problem. Like, that's the thing that you have with the Vesna. So now he's been super consistent, but now he's very consistent, and he's getting better as the season's going on. So, in your opinion... Who is the front runner right now? Well, it's Flurry. He's second place in both of those categories. Their team is doing very well overall. It's a love story for the league. I I put it this way. I don't think Rene's the leader. I don't think Vasilevsky's the leader. But I think they're probably the two out of the three. And you can probably throw in let's say you got if you got Flurry, Rene, and Vasilevsky, I say there's your top three runners right there. I'll throw out Carter Hutton. I'm gonna throw, throw out Crawford. I'm gonna throw out. Uh, I'm gonna throw out Hellebrook. He's gone now. Let Let's just cut him off. I, unless he gets insanely hot in the last month, which will probably not happen. Um, I I just don't see that happening. Um, I would I would prefer. I, I honestly think it's, in my opinion, Flurry and, um, and Peck. I actually think I think Pecorine takes a little precedent over Vasilevsky right now in my book. Actually. Oh, totally. So your top three would be Fleury, Rene, and Vasilevsky. Oh man, he's moving on up. But it's interesting that I don't. I just have some philosophical reasons why I don't put Carter Hutton in there. But I could see how you'd say that you put him in there. If too. Carter Hutton got it, it, that would kind of be like a um, a rise from the top story. Yeah. <laughs> Started from the bottom. Yeah. Now we're here. Rise to the top story. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, to be honest though, I always thought Hutton was a really good goaltender here and I thought given the chance that he could be a starter and I'm glad that he did go to St. Louis and get his time to shine but it's really weird because man the management in St. Louis right now I don't really understand it because one they sell at the trade deadline don't acquire anyone back for a playoff push then Jake Allen is like what'd you say 38th in the league yeah. are you kidding me that and is then not the other 28th in the other category 38th in the league and how many teams are there <laughs> I'll put it like that. Boom, yeah. roasted. Okay, you're worse than some backup goaltenders. Yeah. Sit down. You need to be put down on the bench. And then what do you know? Hunt comes in, and then they still are in this back and forth yo-yo where they they're like, well, you know, we really think we really think Jake's gonna stick it out and and get hot here. Really, well, he better get hot real quick for the blues because i don't really understand no, they're, they're going downhill man after they lost after they got blowed out four to zero a couple times they sold a couple pieces they got a couple hurt pieces mm, they're going downhill i just i just don't understand like i said i don't understand the the management right now with especially with the the goaltender situation and it's just it's really weird and it's such a shock because you didn't see that coming at the first of the year they were really hot to start the year they were i said that in the last episode i think they yeah. were uh, I think probably first 20 games in, probably, they were at the top of the Central, yeah. one of the best in the league up there with the Lightning. It was it was the Lightning and the Blues. And then they have just fallen from grace. I mean, absolutely. So we'll, we'll see. By the way, he does have seven losses this year still with 30 games. Peck has nine all year. So food for thought. But it is going to be a tight race in the last month. We still got a month, too. It's hilarious because we're speculating now, but we we literally have, like, 14 more games to play. So No, don't worry. <laughs> you and every other armchair NHL fan is speculating, too. But, you know, I want to move on to another topic here. Since we're, you know, recording during the Preds game, one thing I did, and I had to actually update it tonight based on the goals, was the Preds score in depth. Now, we all know that last year we got bit in the playoffs because we didn't have good, we didn't have good depth. But how important is good scoring depth for a team? 
not having somebody like Kucherov, who's you know blowing it away for Tampa with with basically points. Would you rather have one player? I'd say one or two players basically have all the points, or would you have it spread across all your lines? For me personally, I, I like the depth. What happens if your star player doesn't come out one night and doesn't score two goals? Well, you went from scoring five goals. You know, it, it's just it's one of those yin yang. I think you're putting all your apples in one basket, and you can get bit that way. Um, when you have an off night, you're almost it's almost guaranteed that you're going to lose. And it's interesting to say that because uh, tonight the Lightning lost to the Senators, got seven to four, and the only reason they got four was because Miller had a hat trick in a loss. But do you know who didn't produce? And didn't get a goal. Who's that? Kucherov and Stamkos. So, that said, I I I have to think that you have to spread it out. But what's crazy this year is that the Predators have ridiculous depth. So much depth, in fact, that we're signing Mike Fisher for a million dollars. That we're bringing over Tolvanen on a rookie contract after he's done with the KHL. And we still don't even have a physical spot for him. I mean, it's it's crazy. We don't know where he's going to go. But, Kyle, let's talk about the numbers, too. So, yeah, let's get into those numbers. Guess, Matt, who leads our scoring, since you don't have the sheet in front of you. Um, if I had to take a guess. I know. Uh, maybe Craig Smith. No. Close. He's third. It's Victor Arvidsson. I was going to say Arvidsson, but I thought that was the too obvious. The little engine that could... Talk about a great deal again. Everyone was like, "Really? Why would you sign Arvey to the four point, you know, four point two five million dollar contract?" He's kicking butt with his goal tonight. He has twenty six goals, twenty six assists. Doesn't lead the team in points, but he leads in goals. Next is Kevin Fiala. I was going to say, I was going to guess second place was Fiala. Then if Arvey Fiala was had a goal tonight yeah. too. Fiala and Craig Smith, both second line players, twenty six and twenty one goals respectively. Then you get Forsberg on the drift line with 18 goals and 31 assists. And rounds up your top five, Kyle Yarncroke's next with 16 goals and 19 assists. By the way, we have seven players north of 40 points. That's what I'm talking about. That is incredible. Seven players, and then if you actually count Turris's, um Ottawa goals before he came over to us, I actually believe he's... Very close to 40 as well, including tonight's. I think he had an assist on the first goal, if I'm not mistaken. So he's going to be very close to that as well. And here's a fun stat for you. Austin Watson has more goals than Ryan Johansson. And he's got four shorthanded. Four shorthanded Which, goals. Which, by the way, is second, second in, in the league. league in shorties this year. And do you know who's third in the league, tied for third? Victor Arvidsson. We just thrive on the penalty kill for some reason i don't know you guys play better with a man down uh, well we got two shorthanded tonight and guess who they were victor arvidson and austin watson yeah so that explains it (laughs) but uh kyle turris does have 38 points by the way including his auto so he will crack 40 and then do you know who's close behind cali yarncroak has 35 so we could potentially have nine maybe 10 predators north of 40 by the end of the year that is incredible and I love that depth that is a great stat that means if one player is not feeling it and it isn't hot that night you have seven more to pick up the slack and I think we've been seeing that yeah and what happens if they're all hot well then you get a game like the Sharks game every single player was hot and by the way every set every single goal was scored by a different predator and for an opponent when you're all about line matchups how do you match that you basically say you know what Grab a stick. Good luck. Well, that that goes back to when we had our Jofa injuries, where it was like RV and and uh, Johansson was out. Well, they knew that they could they didn't have to pair their top uh, their top lines and their top D men against our top because they could drop down and maybe oh we'll put our better players against the uh, the uh, Turris Smith Fiala line and you know eventually that line became the top line. And it was less effective. But now we have almost two full top lines, if you think about it. You have two number one lines. And then you have bottom lines with crazy depth scoring. It's almost insane how many centers we have now, which I never thought we'd say that. 
But you're talking like you have Benino, Fisher, Yarncroke, Hartnell, all on the bottom two lines, Hartman. And we can still call Gujar up from Milwaukee if need be. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's impressive, the depth right now. And that's what you need for the playoffs, too. It's a grind, and you know there's going to be one or two injuries. Even if they're minor, if someone sits out for two games, it doesn't hurt us. We've been doing it, actually, the last week and a half and still winning 10 games and having an 11-point win streak while setting players down for maintenance. And I love that because it's freaking the rest of the league out because they're like, they're resting players that are good point-producing players and they're still winning. 40-point-plus players. We are resting them. <laughs> and, and you're still winning. You're on a 10-game win streak while resting your some of your better players. And we still don't have Tolvin in. I don't care who you are. I don't care how good yeah. your team is. If you have to come play the Preds in their building and you know they're actively resting players just for the heck of it. Yeah, point for you guys. You guys might, on your hot, like that, that 10-game streak you guys are on, you're probably the hottest, most dangerous team in the league. That took a lot for Matt to say. <laughs> he, he's, he was like, I'm going to swallow my pride a little bit. I yeah, mean, I, saw the, I saw the words forming slowly in his throat. I mean, he he's getting there as a Predators fan. As soon as Tolvanen comes over, though, and lands in Nashville, Matt will be there with a sign. And, and a Tolvanen watch a party. Gold, yeah, and a gold Tolvanen jersey, and he will finally officially be a true Predator. But... um yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he fits in once he does come over. I'm sure Lavi will not want to disrupt the lines too much. I think third line is probably where he'll start. He'll I get agree. his ice time. He'll need to get used to the NHL ice too. So that will be a little bit of a transition. But honestly, he's so skilled as a shooter. Oh my god. When the power play comes out there, he's going out. <laughs> I want him on the power play every time. Matt's grinning because we've seen the shots. We've seen this year some of the absolute bombs that he's had. Tarasenko-esque shots. I mean, it's it's been insane. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I hope he comes over here and tears it up. And Matt, since we're getting Tolvin in, who do you think is going to win the Cup? Who, do you, who is your favorite right now? Like I said, you... I can't go by stats because it never goes that way. It never goes that way. Never goes that way. But if you're just looking at pure team talent and or depth. I don't ask. I don't understand the question. You can't. I can't say the Predators or the Lightning because it's unlikely the number one seed will win the cup. But if you're asking me to tell you who's the best team right now, probably the Predators. Are you saying that as a hockey fan or are you – Fully committed to the Preds yet? That's a unbiased hockey fan perspective, there, Kyle. Okay. No, Don't we're asking no you. We're asking you, not, not us. We're not biased. You're not biased. Yeah. No, Nashville's definitely like probably yeah, definitely top three, maybe two in the in the league. I will definitely say though, when Tolvin comes over and you get that jersey and you get the photo with him, you have to do the Fang fingers. No, I won't do the Fang fingers. But I will credit you guys on something else though, and is that the Preds are now leading the league in goals against per game with. 2.46 so that credits not only your guys's defense but pecorino as well and how well you guys have been playing overall well you know sometimes the stats don't lie matt <laughs> <laughs> and since we're talking about playoffs we'll get into the last topic we got for the day so if the playoffs started today how do you think they'd match up well i think actually if they started today we would face colorado if i'm not mistaken yeah feel pretty good about that one not going to lie, though, it's crazy to see the Jets in the second bracket right below them because, man, you're talking about a sweet second-round matchup. That'd be my favorite matchup That's right going to be the best second-round matchup. Well, mm, a potential Capitals-Penguins, I dare say, on the Metropolitan Division, which is going to be juicy as well because, really, I don't want to see the Penguins beat the Capitals again. I just don't. <laughs> well, with the Capitals win last night, they would actually be playing the Devils for the first wild-card spot. And then the Penguins would end up playing the um, Flyers. Would play the Flyers, yes. Yeah, yeah but who? who They'd still meet, but, though, in the But who round. would be there in the second round waiting for them? Their Achilles heel is the Penguins. They cannot get past them in the second round. It's just it's just proven. So uh, it scares me for the Capitals. And I know you as a fanboy 
I'd really like to see this Boston Boston Maple, Maple, Maple Leafs. Man, too. there's so many good matchups. Like I said, potential second rounders, right? Oh, California versus matchup, Ducks. Baby. That, the first round, first round, that was the best one. Looking at it, as far as first round matchups, I gotta go with. Oh yeah. Right now, if it started, it's the Sharks and the Ducks. Those fans hate each other. Man, that'd be awesome. We got our uh, was it Ducks fam account. We would just give them tons of love. Oh, it's going to be great. That would be the best one for me as far as first-round matchup, I think. But then just looking at potential second-round matchups, they're going to be all over the place. You're going to probably have Nashville and the Jets. You're going to have a a Vegas Ducks or Vegas Sharks second. I'd say Vegas Ducks more than anything. Oh, man. And also you're going to have the Caps and the Penguins. But I really want to see... Um, a Maple Leafs Boston matchup, kind of like you yeah. were saying. I think that would be high flying, high shooting. You're gonna have Brad Marchand just crotch checking everybody. And he then, does that. I want to see Mike Babcock get out there and take a swing at him. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see. Speaking of him, um, he was talking about goaltending interference the other day, and you see the league response. They basically told the players and his coach and staff to stop talking about it. Why? Yeah, tell the best coach to stop talking about how the game is played. They yeah. t- they tweeted that they basically wanted the players and coaching staff to stop talking public about goaltender well, interference. it's because they don't like being undermined by their peers, but... What are you going to do? You have to talk about it. If you will not talk about this, you leave it to the players and coaches to talk about it. You have to. Because it's it's become something so big that you can't ignore it. You know, if you and I matter on the same team and I push Daniel into you, somehow because I accidentally pushed Daniel into you, that's goaltender interference. No, that's just me not being, that's me not playing defense well. That's not goaltender interference. What's goaltender interference is me basically whacking you across the face with a stick. Well, apparently it's all debatable, so <laughs> I don't know how you uh, tone down the conversation that has to be had. So, By the way, Matt, going back to your point, do you know how many President's Cups have been awarded? Uh, no. There's only been 31 awarded. Do you know how many actually won the Cup? How many different teams? No, no, there's been 31 awards. Oh, oh, 15, 15 teams have won. 31 trophies have gone out. So they've done it for 31 years. Right. So in the 31 years, how many times has there's the President's, President's Cup, Cup winner gone on to win the Stanley Cup? Out of 31? Out of 31. I would guess three. Wrong. No, take a stab with Eight. this. Eight. Ah, dang. Oh, wow, that's more than I thought. It's actually surprisingly high, and I was trying to do the quick stats on it. It's above 25% win. Who was the last team to Which, win the Cup and the President's right Trophy? That's right off, by the way. Yeah, about 25%. 25%, roughly. That's why I was... Oh, wow, more than I thought. So, 25% to win the Cup? I'll take I that think, every day. <laughs> I think it was just... It hasn't been in recent years. No, it I hasn't. I remember looking at this last year. Well, the Capitals... <laughs> the Capitals are ones to blame for that because they kept winning it for like two or three years in a row, and they kept tanking every year so that is one problem so i think the last several years have kind of skewed that a bit but in the longevity of it all it it has produced a cup winner about 25 percent of the time which that's great odds that's great stats for me if 25 percent of the time i'm winning the cup winning the president's trophy i'll take it so yeah so yeah just thought i i did some research on that one earlier today and i was like matt's gonna like that one because he always says that the president's cup you know, they're doomed to lose, but not all. that's not the case all the time. But um, here recently it has not been. Thank you, Capitals, for really messing up the stats on that one. But Well, speaking of stats, Matt, what kind of injuries do you have for us? Yeah, let's take a look at some of the injuries we got going on. Um, in tonight's game, as we mentioned, we are playing the Jets, and Paul Stastny was scratched tonight. Uh, he has an undisclosed injury. And also, Mark Shifley was held out for a few games, including tonight as well, because he's got an upper body injury. And Patrice Bergeron has a foot fracture and is expected to be out until late March. And Max Pacioretty is expected to be out four to six weeks with a knee injury. We go over to the Blues, and uh, we mentioned some of theirs, that Jay Bolmeister has a hip injury and is expected to not return for the season. Well, that sucks. That's crazy. And... Scotty Upshaw has an MCL sprain is going to miss at least a month. Which so, is the end of the yeah. year. Like I said, between them getting their butt kicked a few times ago, <laughs> them making trades at the deadline or selling at the deadline and then getting injuries, yep. they're done. And uh, also the Bruins' Charlie McAvoy has an MCL sprain as well and uh, four weeks with that probably. And Ben Bishop has been held out a few games with a knee injury and he didn't play tonight against Montreal. 
And another big hit is that the Canucks rookie sensation Brock Besser has a back injury and will be out four to six weeks as well. Tons of injuries. Absolutely decimating the league right now. Thank God. Thank God. We are on the good side of this right now. Hopefully we can stay healthy. But like we said, we got the depth. So not too worried about it. But let's look at the upcoming schedule for the Predators. Well, the Winnipeg game just went final, boys. And it is a 3-1 to victory. 32 shots on goal. Pekka has only a one goal against game. I'm looking at you, Matt. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, I'm... I- Against the Jets. Against the Jets, too. That's no lightweight, too. I mean, they're scoring five goals a game, you know. So uh, we just won that one, which is huge, huge. I mean, you're talking talking another four-point swing. So the last two wins against the Jets, that is huge for us to win the Central. Looking ahead at the future, though, we might have another one. That is going to be very important. But coming up on the schedule, we have the 15th, Arizona. And right back-to-back. It's going to be a tough game. Dude, we always struggle against Arizona. I know it. The the best teams it's hilarious. In the, the best teams in the league struggle against Arizona. I don't understand it. Because Arizona's got nothing to lose. I mean they really don't. So they're scrappy and I expect a good game on the fifteenth in Arizona, in Glendale, removed from the city with two thousand fans. But we have a back to back now, and this is against Colorado on the sixteenth. Um, we get a couple days off before we head over to Buffalo and visit our former coach, Phil Housley. Probably going to win that one, not going to lie, but hopefully we can. <laughs> and then uh, a really awesome potential, you know, we were talking about playoff teams here. On the 22nd, we get to play the Toronto Maple Leafs at home. Nice. That's going to be a fun game to watch. On the 24th, we're going to play Minnesota in Minnesota, and this is where it gets a little sketchy because then immediately we have to fly to Winnipeg and play in Winnipeg on the road. That means we're going to have two back-to-backs in the span of about seven to eight days. It's going to be a tough stretch. That's why I felt like tonight we definitely needed to win against the Jets because I do not feel confident on a back-to-back on the road flying from Minnesota, another tough team, playing the Jets in their own barn. I don't feel confident winning that one. So tonight was a huge win to get those that four-point swing. And then two weeks from now, on the 27th, we have Minnesota again at home. And that'll wrap it up for the next two weeks. And then at that point, we can give you an update on the final games of the season before the playoffs Can't start. Can't believe it. It's going to be here before we know it. And that'll probably be a good time for us to pull out the uh, season predictions and see oh, how yeah. we did. Oh, yeah. That'll be the episode that we're going to do, the top five things we got right and things we got wrong <laughs> in our preseason predictions uh i cannot wait for that episode to be honest because i feel i feel like we did fairly well i thought we did okay you know i've heard we trashed the night we did okay we trashed the night and they just man they proved us wrong so we can go and mark that one as a yeah that's that's a big no but um i'm very excited for that one we might have a guest on that one so it's very well possible i'm working some things out so so we had some exciting stuff in the future so kyle take us out of the show man Definitely. But before I do that, I do want to give a quick shout out to our friends over at the Yazoo Brewery and the Yazoo Tap Room. So if you're at the arena and you need a drink, I would say go over to Section 119 in the arena or swing by the Yazoo uh, Tap Room in the Gulch, which, by the way, if you're a night owl or you just want to do some day drinking, it's open seven days a week. You can get a growler or a six pack. You can watch game in your own home. I'm glad you got the section right, Kyle. I did. Last time we, I we... tweeted it out, I got the wrong section. In fact, uh, the guy we work with over there, he tweeted me. He's like, that's great, but wrong section. I was like, yep. dang it. Close but no cigar. And that's what I get for like tweeting really fast. You just fast, fast draw. I've done get that those tweets out for several tweet. times tonight. I know. But anyway, when I, tried, when I tried to say seal the deal, I said deal the deal. Deal the deal, yeah. But it happens to us all, Kyle. That it is. But hey, guys, if you like the show, this is Music City Gold, and we're part of the Penalty Box Radio Network. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at Music City Gold. You can find me at Kyle Hancock. You can find Matt at MattBain31. Daniel's got one in C. Dan Drum. It's been a great ride with you guys. Episode 20. Look forward to episode 21, and we're going to do our preseason predictions and see how well we did. Until then, you guys be good. We'll see you on the ice.